The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one app to, for free sports betting picks, props and parlays. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. And we're also brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the US? OddsCrowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contests. OddsCrowd gives away hundreds of dollars in weekly contests, including the $100 SGPN exclusive free roll contest. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name's Malcolm Bamford, up on the northeast coast of England, sitting in sunny Newcastle. Uh, it's been glorious today, actually, unseasonably glorious. Uh, and I don't think it's been as hot as where a couple of my guests have been today. Uh, first off, our regular host uh, from Houston, Texas, uh, Mr. Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, good evening. How are you? I'm not doing well. I'm watching my Bernie money burn right now. I have uh, the over in the A's and Royals game, which they completely decided to shut down the offense. And then uh, the Giants are down uh, 2 nothing and just grounded into a double play. So not oh, in the greatest of moods, but I- I'm excited for this podcast. I think there's a lot of great stuff that we're going to talk about tonight, um, but uh, definitely looking forward to it. And uh, he just struck out great. The double play killing a rally is one of the worst things in baseball because yeah. you've just had that little bit of hope someone's got on first thing. Oh, here we go. Rub your hands together. Yeah, the double play is an absolute killer. Um, you are in full-on tennis mode tonight. Your head is <laughs> oh, yeah. going left and right. It's great to watch. One of my favourite things ever is seeing how many uh, how many screens you're looking at at once. Uh, <laughs> joining us also, and it's been a little while, uh, we normally get uh, the picks from Scott Reichel, uh, but he's joined us live because he's got quite a lot going on uh, in MLB and we're going to have a, a fun episode tonight. Uh, Scott, New York, is it, I think? Uh, yes, that is correct. And how are you? Uh, it's been a little while since we spoke to you. How has um, MLB been treating you uh, in the last couple of months? Uh, doing okay. Uh, for the picks that I've given out on the show, I'm plus. So that's definitely a good thing to be up money as opposed to down money. Having said that, I was going for the sweep yesterday. Unfortunately, I went undefeated, but I didn't sweep because I got a push in there. But still made some profit, was a nice week overall. Having said that, I'm also with Munaf here on the over for the Royals-A's game. I got the over nine and a half on the overnight. I'd feel a lot better if the Royals could stop chasing uh, sliders or curveballs in the dirt. But, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) And instead, both teams, I believe, are a combined two for 16 with runners in scoring position. Oh, no. Which is just disastrous. But it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Romo's pitching the ninth. So maybe Oakland will blow it. We'll see. That's another one of those where you feel like you've got the process right, but the result doesn't follow. And yeah, baseball's right for those. Um, As you alluded to then, Scott, we'll we'll get straight in with uh, 
the picks that we made on Tuesday, it was, it was a short week. Um, Moonaf had been living it up in Vegas, uh, so we recorded on Tuesday this week. And I think we did okay. We'd start, we'd start with Scott. He mentioned he had a push uh, last night um, in the Astros-Rangers game over nine. And you got your Cardinals uh, dog up, Moona. Um, Scott, sorry. Um, now, was this a back the Cardinals or was this just a perma fade of the Mets? It was really a mix of both. Cardinals seem like the only team in the NL wildcard race that actually want to win games because every <laughs> yeah. other team is falling apart right now. <laughs> but the Mets, that entire series, were just laying one. 150, 160. It just didn't make any sense. I get they beat the Yankees on national television, but the Cardinals are playing good baseball. Lester, who I roasted earlier in the year, has actually looked pretty good over the last month. And McGill's been a guy who started off pretty well. Then it seems like batters kind of figured him out a little bit. It was mostly a combo where the Cardinals were playing well, but the Mets were just insanely overvalued. And I just tried to capitalize on that. Yeah, you're right. Um, McGill, I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Some one of us uh, faded him. And they, 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 they had figured him out a little bit. And he just, um, sometimes you get this drop-off uh, with rookie pitchers, uh, maybe even just sort of tied because there was no no season last year. Um, they haven't they haven't pitched anywhere near the amount of innings uh, that they're now being asked to. So uh, we're seeing that with some of the older guys we've mentioned as well, some of the vets, uh, but also some of the rookies, um, the same things applying to. Uh, Moonaf, we had a double lock. Um, very rarely we've done that this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got it over the line. And then, as has happened regularly, uh, we were victim of pitching changes. Yeah, I'm not sure we can celebrate the uh, double lock too much. I mean, it was, I think it was like close to minus 200. So, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're kind of frowning upon giving out locks that are minus 200. But I think we're at that point of the season where some of these, you know, lines are going to be around that number. Um, but you know, it was close. It was it was uh, a lot more closer than I thought this would be. You know, you got to give uh, credit to the Cubs for hanging around, and they got down. They tied it back up, but you know, we got the lucky wild pitch in the bottom of the ninth, and they were the Phillies were able to walk it off. And I think that really obviously helped them in the uh, NL East standings. I think they're only what three and a half games out, or some three games out. I know the Braves game got postponed today because of bad weather, but. Um, yeah, we got it over the line. And then, like you mentioned, a uh, couple pitching changes for us. I, I was going to fade Mike Miner yesterday, but got changed to Hernandez. And the A's still took care of business against uh, against the uh, Royals yesterday. I think they won 12 to 10. And right now they're up 4 to 2 in the top of the night. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, a win is a win. And we'll, we'll take the W any day of the week. Yeah, mine's um, my dog still kind of live tonight, isn't it? Tyler Alexander. Is going for Detroit, um, which was who I was I was um, hoping would get us to win. Um, it's the Tampa Bay Rays who uh, they're going for a bullpen day. I think um, mm. someone I've, I've heard of somebody head uh, pitching for Tampa Bay or certainly going in as a, as an opener to start it off. So I think uh, the the Tigers are still a live dog there, but it won't be an official play uh, due to the pitching changes. Um, Week's news, we'll have a little dance around just a few little bits and bobs because obviously uh, Scott's here, so we've got all the good stuff to get to. Um, Julio Arias last night became the first pitcher to get to 18 wins uh, for the Dodgers on the season. Um, He's kind of been overlooked, and I think he's unfortunate to be overlooked. We've mentioned him once or twice um, in sort of Cy Young chat because he's always been 25 to 1, 33 to 1, um, mainly because a couple of the names... uh, for example, Max Scherzer, he's on the roster with, but um, 
he's been outstanding this season, and I do think he gets a little bit shortchanged when we have these pitching conversations, Scott. I definitely think that's true. Having said that, I am kind of curious how the NL Cy Young Award is going to play out because you have basically three guys on the same team that are just cannibalizing votes from each other. Because you mentioned Scherzer, you can't forget about Bueller, and you also got to mention Urias. I just think it's kind of funny now that Kershaw's back in the rotation because he's healthy again, that he might be the best number four starter like in a single season ever, which is kind of funny. I'm trying to think of other comparisons. You have the Orioles team that had four separate 20-game winners back when Jim Palmer was still there. But the point is, is that Urias has been great. Is he going to win the award? No. He, he can be in the nomination maybe if it was the same criteria they used to use where they just overinflated how, how valuable wins were because yeah. that's where he ranks. But the issue is, is that He's not even the best pitcher on his team. He's not even the second best pitcher in his rotation. He's not going to win the award. Of course, I still think he's a very good pitcher. And there's a reason why he ended up closing the deciding game in the World Series last year out of the bullpen. It's because Roberts realized he was really good. But he's had a great year. I'm not going to take that away from him. But as of right now, I don't think he's got a shot of winning. I think you're looking at Bueller, Scherzer, and Burns in any order. And I think one of them is going to win the award. What do you guys think? yeah, I was just trying to drag the odds up there, but um, I had them. I had them up live on my book. But when the games have gone, the games have gone in play tonight. Uh, they, they've pulled some of the odds down again. But yeah, I think you're exactly right, um, Scott. And yeah, you're not the best pitcher on your team. That is a great big red flag. That unfortunately he's, he's the victim of uh, of where he plays. Moonaf, uh, are you a, are you a fan? Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. I think uh, you know, last part we actually talked about this. Also, Malcolm was. Um, I think we also have to keep in mind that uh, he's also facing maybe the third or fourth or maybe even the fifth best starter on the opposing team because he's so far down that pitching rotation when you have Scherzer and Bueller and now they have Kershaw back also. So uh, I think if he was on maybe any other team and he was doing the same thing, he would definitely be up there. Uh, his odds would be uh, a better of winning the award. But, you know, those season that Walker Bueller's having and, and Max Scherzer's having – um, you know, it's very going to be very, very difficult for uh, uh, Urias to even be in consideration for this award. It's a great part of it. I think he's leading what the National League in wins, but uh, just the ERA and the whip for some of these other pitchers has just been so, so good that he's going to be, you know, he's going to be uh, overlooked for this award. But, you know, congrats to him for having a great season. That's going to be in a great weapon for the Dodgers to have in the postseason where sometimes you go three, three starters and you move him down into the bullpen. I mean, that's that's going to be a fantastic weapon for Dave Roberts to uh, have. And like Scott said, he realized the last season that you have this guy that he was going to bring him and start closing some games when they won the title. So he's back and healthy again. And, they, you know, hopefully they'll be able to use him again in the playoffs. For the record, I actually found odds on the NL Cy Young as of right now. Even while the games are taking place, I see Scherzer's plus 125. He's the favorite. I see Burns is plus 150. And I see Bueller is plus 350. Everyone else is twenty to one or higher. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, some live uh, history tonight. We we put in our show notes this afternoon uh, that Sal Perez uh, was one short of the single Caesar home run record for a catcher. Uh, he was one behind Johnny Bench, nineteen seventy. Um, the record was forty four. Uh, but between then and now, 
he's hit another one, Munaf. He, uh, someone we've talked about a little bit, and, he, and he's tied for that record and will almost certainly break it. Um, what an outstanding season Sal Perez has had. Yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere. I think he had a hot month of August and has carried kind of carried over into um, the month of September here. And he got the first two runs for the Royals tonight on the two-run home run, I believe it was in the first inning. And then after that, um, the Royals offense kind of sputtered here. But nothing to take away from Sal Perez. He's been the best hitter for the uh, Royals this season. 45 home runs is no slouch for a guy like that. And Malcolm, we had talked about, I thought this guy was a lot older than he is, but um, he's only, I believe, what, 31 years old. And, um, you know, hopefully the Royals resign him or he goes to a team that can, you know, really utilize the IQ that he has not only behind the play, but I think this guy's a a great leader to have in your clubhouse. So, uh, you know, congrats to Perez for setting that record and for him to having a, a great, great season for the Royals. Um, as far as the standings, uh, the Dodgers and Giants um, are still dancing around each other. Uh, the Giants with that little lead. And uh, Scott's already mentioned the Cardinals have gone into that wild card spot yeah. um, with all the teams who don't want to win stuff. Uh, Scott, what are your opinions on those two races? Uh, my opinion is that about a month ago, I took the Cardinals to make the playoffs at around 9-1. to one. So I'm holding on to that one oh, so far. Happy so Happy days. At the end of the day, the main reason why did I think the Cardinals were a good team? No. But in a situation where you have an NL wildcard race where just making it to the wildcard game is half the battle, I was looking around and I wasn't impressed with any of the teams. And I thought, who's the random team that always sneaks up in August and September that's randomly in the race and they probably shouldn't be? It's the St. Louis Cardinals. They always find some random groove, some pixie dust, some whatever the hell they do, and they end up finding their way in the picture And it also helped that Cincinnati, I thought they were going to fall apart just because the bullpen's so bad. If if you can't close games, you're not going to make the playoffs. And the Phillies also um, ended up blowing their 31st save of the year last year. So uh, last uh, yesterday. So shout out to them. They won the game anyway. But the (laughs) point is, is that there's a lot of really bad bullpens in the league. The Cardinals are no exception because Reyes has completely fallen apart. But yeah, I still like the veteran presence of that team. You got Goldschmidt, you got Arnato, you got Yadier Molina. I liked the overall just veteran leadership of that squad, and I do think they're going to end up getting into the wild card game. As for the Giants and the Dodgers race in the NL West, the Giants have held out for so long. I'm rooting for them to get to the finish line, but a part of me thinks, especially based on how they've played the last couple of games against San Diego, they might be hitting a little bit of a funk. I am curious if the Dodgers are going to really put the pressure on them by taking care of business and really making it a race at the end. I think it's going to be very close. If you had to go based on odds right now, I'd probably lean Dodgers, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants hold on because nobody thought they'd make it this far anyway. I thought exactly the same. I thought at the prices, you would have to take the Dodgers uh, because the, the margin is so slim. Um, I don't know if it was possibly there was a couple of day hangover from uh, the Giants clinching, uh, the, the fact that they'd made the playoffs, uh, that there might just be a collective um, exhale of breath uh, and then they might just have a couple of down days. As far as the Cardinals go, you're right. That lineup, every night you look at it, or even if you play DFS, it's something that you're drawn to. That middle of the lineup, you sort of get uh, two, three, four, five. And it does, it always looks okay. Um, I think Cincinnati missed Jesse Winker a lot. Uh, he was doing all sorts of things for them. Um, and you say Alex Reyes. I had a little ticket on Alex Reyes to be the saves leader, Scott, at 50 to 1, um, which in June was all right. We were, we were ticking him off. Uh, he was always a little bit behind uh, Melancon, uh, Melanson, whatever. Um, 
but yeah, we were ticking them off and he, he was in the race and then all of a sudden uh, that completely and utterly fell apart. Um, one more thing, Moonaf, we have not yet had a um, sighting of Austin Adams this week <laughs> um, for the Padres, so we can't keep an eye on our uh, favourite. He's, a, he's a, a, the show mascot now, I think we'll go with. Um, so no further hit by pitches from Austin Adams. Um, and yeah, Scott, we mentioned the, the Phillies uh, blown save record. I think that's a, an MLB record. Uh, that we talked I, about on, on Sunday night. It sounds like they've squeezed another one in at least. Um, the underdog train, though, Moonaf, um, keeps on chugging along. You've been keeping the stats, so uh, fill us in. What's going on? Yeah, I think the last time we left off was September 13th, uh, where they were, I believe they finished in the red, <coughs> sorry, uh, minus 290 uh, for the day. Uh, and then for over the past two days uh, on, uh, what's today, Thursday? So Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, if you would have bet them blindly, hundred dollars or you know whatever that your unit size might be, uh, September fourteenth, I think the Wednesday or the Tuesday was a great day for um, dogs. They finished plus six fifty eight, and then yesterday plus four thirty eight um, on the on the money line. So for the month, if you're betting hundred dollars blindly on pure dogs, you'd be up two thousand one hundred and fifty seven dollars. So. Um, wow. We're about halfway through the month, and you would be up uh, close to two grand if you're betting hundred dollars uh, a <laughs> hundred dollars a, a bet on the uh, purely on the underdog. So uh, there you go. I think we're gonna we're gonna continue to track that for the rest of the month, and then who knows where it ends up. I think you know Dave put us onto something here for sure. See, on a yeah. hunch, I'm going to assume that the Yankees and the Padres are responsible for maybe 70% of that underdog profit because they kept losing as huge favorites almost every day for about a week straight. I think you throw the Phillies in there, too, because um, they were they lost a couple of games to the Rockies. I think Rockies have been a frisky bunch where they've been kind of covering on these big money line uh, prices. I think Orioles have gone to like like you said, Scott, when they were facing the uh, the Yankees. So yeah, you can you can put the Yankees responsible for that. I think they had a close call last night too, but they pulled it off uh, in the top of the ninth there. Yeah, I was going to mention that plus four thirty eight from last night would have been nearer plus seven hundred as a total if uh, yeah. if Baltimore managed to get over the line last night. Uh, I did enjoy their ground screw all getting ejected. It made me laugh. <laughs> uh, first time I've seen that. It was the way they ran down the line like naughty schoolboys. Um, I was a big fan of that. But yeah, uh, don't say we didn't warn you people because uh, we were well and truly um, ahead of this trend. The uh, the Sportsbook Consiglia, Dave, put us onto this. And yeah, uh, a £2,157 profit or uh, pro rata, whatever your level stake is. Uh, absolutely fantastic stuff. So um, there are winners to be had uh, on the MLB Gambling Podcast. If you're ready to win money and boost your odds, win bet is live and Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. That's gone up. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. When I read that out on Tuesday, it was a $500 risk-free sports bet. Uh, it is now a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. So get over there and fill your boots. 
Um, if you listen to the show on Tuesday, you will have heard um, myself and Moonaf. Uh, we were going to have a look at the uh, the player prop awards. So, um, ALNL MVP, the sim- uh, same with Cy Young and Rookie of the Year, maybe some divisional odds and playoff odds, because there's still a lot of live markets. Um, a lot, four of the divisions are kind of locked up. Four and a half of the divisions, maybe. Um, if you want to add Atlanta in there, I know Moonaf will have something to say about that. Um, but yeah, there's still a lot of live markets and there's money to be had. So we thought we'd get Scott on. We thought we'd take a couple each uh, and just see where it pointed us and if there was anything that took our fancy. Um, Scott, as our uh, esteemed guest, will let you hit lead off. Um, what market did you look at and what was your selection? So I was looking at the AL Cy Young market because uh, I think that's going to be a two-horse race. We all know that, but it's a matter of who should be favored. As of right now, I saw Robbie Ray was at around plus 115, and Cole's a slight favorite at around minus 120 to, mi- to really minus 110, depending where you shopped around. I think there's value on Ray. A couple reasons why. I know that Cole has been favored for most of the season. He also had a couple of really brutal months there in the middle before he kind of got it back together, and he had the COVID issue, which caused him to miss some time, where Robbie Ray has been pretty healthy for the entire year. But Looking at the performances down the stretch, Cole went five innings, gave up one run against the Orioles. There were 108 pitches in five innings, but the start before that, he had a bit of a hamstring issue against Toronto, which caused him to leave the game early. And even though he threw 108 pitches in the following start against Baltimore, he didn't really look sharp. And I do feel like there's a little bit of a shot that maybe he struggles down the stretch because physically he's definitely not in the same I'd say health standard that Robbie Ray is right now, who we saw yesterday look like an absolute lunatic. So I think Robbie Ray is the healthier guy. He's been dialed in. I think he's had the better couple of months. Cole, I know is a phenomenal pitcher and I get that he plays for New York in a big market, but if Toronto ends up making the playoffs and New York doesn't, I think that will play a factor. If Ray is a huge piece for that playoff push, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Robbie Ray is someone we talk about a lot uh, on this show. I actually had a bit of sour news about Robbie Ray this week. Um, I've got a small ticket on him for the strikeout leader, uh, but I thought it was 50 to 1, and I actually located it this week, and it's only 25 to 1. So that was a mild kick in the pants. Um, but <laughs> 13 Ks, you, you said that he, uh, he he pitched like a lunatic last night, and he really did. Moved off, you messaged me to say he's putting another 13 Ks. I think he was four behind Cole, uh, but those 13 Ks have now got him in front. Uh, so that's a fun little sweat I've got down the down the uh, stretch. And I, I do think in two or three of these races are close enough um, that there can be a narrative influence. Um, there's obviously there's the there's the statistical and the metric um, analysis, but you've talked about the Blue Jays if if, if they make the playoffs and uh, New York don't. So it's something we're going to talk about with Vlad again in a little while. Um, I think there's, I think they're close enough for a narrative, and and I think that could be could be the uh, the the key indicator there. Um, Moonaf, Robbie Ray, and his tight pants. Any opinion? Yeah, I think Scott hit the nail on the head. Between, the, <clears throat> I think the question for me is going to be that let's just say you know the Blue Jays get into the playoffs and the Yankees don't, or or vice versa. Is that going to put over? Is that going to put one of these pitchers? over the top to win that award, right? And I, I think that Robbie Ray right now is in great form. We've talked about this Malcolm because we're tracking his strikeouts. And now he's, I think he has what, eight, eight or nine lead in that in that department for being the strikeout leader. Um, and the Blue Jays are hot right now. I mean, they, they've climbed their way into that uh, wild card uh, positioning in the American League. Um, 
you know, Garrett Cole, like, like Scott said, he's had a couple rough months. Is that going to, you know, come into play when the voters are voting for this and they kind of look at it and, and then Robbie Ray, like we've talked about, I mean, his ERA is, is well below three. He'll probably end up being the strikeout leader. Uh, and if he's able to will his team into the playoffs, I think that's going to probably put it over the top for Robbie Ray. So if you're getting any plus money at this point of the season with about, what, a few weeks left, maybe 20 games left for each team here, um, I think at this point, obviously, we're on the bigger number. But anything at plus odds right now on Robbie Ray, I, I think, is a fantastic bet. Absolutely. Uh, Scott, um, was Robbie Ray your only selection or did you have anything else for us? Uh, for the most part, no, it's kind of it. I wanted to give you a long shot, somebody who might have a chance, but realistically, nobody else has a chance. I mean, you're looking at two guys that are basically co-favorites. Lane Solin was favored for about a week and a half and then he got injured. He's got no chance. He's missed time where the White Sox really don't have any pressure because everyone else in the AL Central has been pretty underwhelming. Same thing with Rodon, who missed some time as well. Otani's a fun one, a 200-1, to but he's not pitching anymore, so you got no chance to win that one. Based on that, I wanted to give a long shot. Somebody thinking outside the box, I can't. If you do that, you're basically just throwing your money away. Yeah, I agree. Uh, It's it's certainly tightened up a little bit. Um, Munaf, you went AL MVP. Um, we've had some breaking news kind of just recently, in fact, in the last half an hour or so, about Shohei possibly not being able to pitch um, from now to the end of the season. Um, so where did you um, alight, Moon, as, as a selection, and, and how did you get there? Yeah, I think we had kind of started scratching the surface on this, Malcolm, when we were talking about this the last week, and then we were even talking about it offline, and I also shot uh, our, our, our buddy Dave a text this morning, and asking him, hey, if Vlad ends up winning this triple crown, how do the voters kind of ignore that by, I mean, we also talked about this on Slack channels that if he wins the triple crown, it's going to be really hard to ignore something like that, especially when there's so many great hitters in the American League. But then you also have the argument that Otani's had a fantastic season, both hitting and pitching uh, for the Angels. And I think that right now for Vlad that, you know, I think it kind of kind of correlates with Robbie Ray that if they're able to get into the playoffs, it's going to be really hard to ignore a guy that's probably going to end up with 50 home runs. His batting average is going to be well above 300 and, and RBIs are going to be well above 110-ish uh, RBIs on, to finish the season. So, you know, I, I think this is kind of an open discussion that we, we can kind of have right now between us three is that, I know we're kind of talking about it offline, but I think in my eyes that right now we got the news that he's not going to be pitching for the rest of the season. Probably he's missing Friday for sure. But I think there's no point of putting him out there if he's having a sore arm because he did already come off a major injury. Um, so I think that kind of opens up the door for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, you, you before the I think the odds came down, you could have found him anywhere from 10 to 1, 9 to 1, uh, possibly 8 to 1s out there. But um, you know, I, I, I think this is a question that I have for you guys that, you know, Mike Trout is done. Angels are not going to make the playoffs. We know that for sure. Uh, and now we, we got the news that Otani is going to be shut down. If Vlad wins the triple crown, who, do, who are you giving your vote to? Is it going to be Otani or is it going to be Vlad? Well, for me, if I had a vote, I would personally go with Guerrero, but I do think Otani's still the favorite because it's a media award. They're going to vote for the guy who's doing things that haven't been done since Babe Ruth. So that doesn't really surprise me that there's a narrative where you can talk about how many guys have ever won the Triple Crown. If you're comparing a guy to Babe Ruth, 
there's a lot of time period in between where you haven't had a guy hit 40 plus home runs and also pitch really well for the majority of the season. So I think that even though Guerrero is having an all time great year from the plate, you can argue that Otani's having a unicornish season where you're not going to see this arguably ever, which is why he's one of the, I'd say, one of the prohibitive favorites left in any award race to win. I just think that the voters are going to give it to Otani just because he's been covered by the media the entire season. Every time you turn on ESPN, people are trying to talk about him. Guerrero Jr. is a great player. Of course, he's got the family pedigree. But the issue is, before the last couple of weeks, were people ever really talking about Vlad Jr. on television? Because as much as you want to try to push off the media's influence on the award, it's a media award. So I'm assuming Otani's going to win. Malcolm? I wouldn't vote for him, but I think that he's going to win. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I think there might be a little bit in that the voters might expect Vlad to do this on several occasions in the future. Um, and I don't know how many times we'll be able to see Otani. Like you say, it's a unicorn award. And I think this is the time uh, that people are going to get um, Otani's vote. I know we have been caught a little bit on the hop uh, with this because it's been um, the, the news is, is broken basically as we've been, uh, as we've been speaking. Um, Munaf, you, you love coming back to these Philadelphia Phillies moon off, don't you? Um, you, you picked one more out and you're back at Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, I think right now for, we talked about it earlier, how nobody kind of want to, wants to win in the NL right now. And we're seeing day in and day out, the Braves losing to the Rockies, the Phillies, you know, they dropped the game to the Cubs and they almost blew it last night again by the blowing slave, but look, slave, slave, the save. Um, it, it's going to be, it's, it's interesting because they're only about three and a half games out in that NL East. And you kind of look at their schedule and uh, Malcolm, we were talking about this offline is that they have about seven games between the pirates and the Orioles. And th- it's a seven game stretch and they play them back to back. And I think that if they're able to go five and two in that span or even six and one, I think they're going to be able to climb back into that NL East uh, division and possibly win it and, and and get into the playoffs. I mean, I personally have tickets at them at about three to one, seven to one, and nine to one. So I'm kind of all in on this Phillies team. And like I said, like take a look at their schedule remaining. Um, like I mentioned, they have games against the Pirates and the Orioles, and then they have three games against the Braves, which are left, which probably will determine the uh, the NL East division at that point. So. Um, I mean, that, that's kind of something I drew, drew up. I mean, it is kind of a long shot with the Braves still having a three-and-a-half game lead, but it kind of seems like the Braves are kind of sputtering. The Mets, I think, are completely out of it. Um, and then, you know, I think that kind of leaves the Phillies. And if, they're, if they can find a way, at least in this last 20 games, to stop blowing saves, I think they have an opportunity. But for them to blow 31 saves over the course of this season, I think they should, even if it was at, at half that they didn't blow it up, Malcolm, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago that they were probably already locked up this division without all these blowing saves. Yeah, I think the thing you've got going for you, Munaf, is that um, strength of schedule. It's that seven-game stretch against the Pirates and the Orioles um, because I still can't be having the Phillies. Um, they're just not for me at all. Scott, any opinion? I think the Phillies, of course, have a good chance to make it if you think there's a chance the Braves implode, which is definitely possible because it's the NF- it's the NL East which is basically the equivalent of the NFC East. So any of these teams can actually do something. Uh, but realistically, 
the Phillies have had so many chances to just run away with this division. And every single time they're leading in the ninth inning and it falls apart. And they've tried yeah. numerous guys. It never works. Then again, you can make an argument. The Nationals have the same issue. They ended up getting it together a little bit and won the World Series. So if they can find a way to at least piece together a couple of ninth innings here and there, maybe they can get it done. But at the end of the day, I just can't with that ballpen. I can't do it. It's a, it's a situation where we already talked about how they probably should have wrapped up the division already. The fact that they're still in the race just tells you how good this team actually is talent-wise. But they proved yesterday that if you blow a save, you can still win it, or at least win a game. I'm going to assume out of the 31 blown saves, they probably lost 22 games. Is that fair? Nine and 22 out of those 31. Is that yeah. fair? So yeah. add another 22 wins to the record, and they're running away with this thing. <laughs> so that's how I'm looking at it. But the Braves are a team after Acuna went down. People thought they're going to roll over. Sirocco was supposed to come back midway through the season. He got injured again, so he's not coming back either. Atlanta might be running on fumes, but that might be enough because the Phillies can't get out of their own way. I don't hate the playoff bet because if you think that they can stop interrupting themselves from winning games, then they should win the division. But it's going to come down to those three games against Atlanta. We'll see what happens there. Is that series in Atlanta or is that in Philly? Uh, Let me check that for you. Uh, give me one second. <clears throat> I know that Atlanta is not that great at home this season, but the Phillies are brutal on the road compared to their home splits. So Philly, of course, wants to be at Citizens Bank Park for that series. But I can't get past that bullpen. I know Wheeler's very good. Nola's had a bit of a down year, but he can give you some solid outings every now and then. It's Other than that, it's at home? Yeah. Okay, so that's important. But do you think it's a big deal, though, offensively, that – I mean, they lost a big guy with Hoskins who's no longer there. The offense kind of pieced together for a couple of weeks there, but they kind of cooled off a little bit recently. Does that bother you? It, it does, but and also, they, you know, they lost an arm in the rotation also. But, I mean, for – and I was just kind of looking at it from, from a value perspective that I think about a couple of days ago they were sitting at 9-1 to one and now they're down to 7-1. to one, But it only being three games out, right? And surprisingly nobody like we talked about nobody has run away with this division but you also have to keep in mind atlanta has three games against the uh giants left in san francisco four against the diamondbacks i mean they haven't really laid down and they have three against san diego which are all all three of those series against the nol's teams are all on the road for the uh braves and they come back home three against the phillies and three against the mets to close it out so you know it's going to be a difficult stretch for i think atlanta and um you know losing and like you talked about Reese Hoskins, uh, Scott is, it is a blow for sure. But I think that if they're, if they're able to find a way and get these bats hot, I mean, who knows they can, you know, come back and probably win this division or you know, at least give Atlanta a fight until the end. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available. Browse the activity feed to stay in the know. A loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match it up to $500. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Take two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. 
prop swap is where America buys and spells sports bets. Um, so I had a look at the, the the same kind of awards. I came down with two, and it's really a bit of a parley. Um, and what I started looking at, there's a there's a metric on ESPN news. They call it the Axe, which is the award index. Um, and it's generally been a really reliable source uh, over the years. Um, so I started with the NL MVP. Now, this is a two-horse race, which is... Uh, Fernando Tatis, around about minus 150, minus 156, I think, actually. Um, and Bryce Harper um, from the Phillies that we just talked about. This segues in quite nicely. Um, and I mentioned earlier on when we were talking about Shohei Otani um, about a narrative. Um, and the metrics are close enough for a narrative, I think, to, to take an effect uh, in the outcome. It, it's, a, it's a performance plus narrative kind of an equation. Um now, as just discussed, I'm not in on the Phillies. If you want to bet the Phillies, uh, if you think the Phillies are going to have a decent finish to the season, if you think they might make the playoffs, then take Harper because that narrative might just be enough. Um, there's some plus 325, I think, Bryce Harper is. Uh, so if you want to bet the Phillies, if you were moon off in this situation, take Bryce Harper. I've got no problem with that at all. Now, I don't think the Phillies can get there. Uh, so you, the only alternative you're left with uh, is taking Tatis. Um so Tatis, minus 156, uh, not an original selection. Uh, so I wanted to find somebody to go with him. Um, and AL Rookie of the Year uh, was the one that I uh, came down on here. Now, if I can just fetch up some of these numbers. Uh, let's have a look. I got it for you. What are you looking for? Uh, I'm just looking at the... No, I've got it now. It's this um, little axe index I was looking at. Um, so the, the favourite, obviously, is... Uh, Randy Rosarena, who is at round about minus one fifty, um, and then he's got he's got some competition. You've got Luis Garcia and Adolis Garcia, and then uh, Wanda Franco. Now the um, the axe index has got them all pretty close. You could you could throw a blanket over the four of them. Uh, now I don't think either of the Garcias can win. Um, Adolis Garcia has just dropped off a little bit. He's a good story. Um, Luis Garcia, um, they're not going to give it to a pitcher. Um, so Wanda Franco, I think, is his main competition. Um, I think Frank, this all depends on how much in love the voters are with Wanda Franco. We've said that the voters are in love with Shohei Otani and for good reason. Now, um, Randy Rosarena has done it all season. Uh, his numbers have been great. Uh, Wanda Franco has been absolutely red hot, but only since he got called up part season. I think the thing to do here for me, there's only two potential winners. I would happily, I'm I'm happy with Tatis, so I would throw a Rosarena in as a parlay, which takes it to plus two twenty. Um, and then you've got you can just have a little saver on Wanda Franco. I think the only person who can beat him is Franco at eight to one. You might be able to find a little bit better as well. Uh, so if you're taking your parlay, have a have a ten dollar saver on Franco at eight to one, and I think that's the way to cover those two markets. Uh, Scott, do you have uh, any thoughts on any of those markets? Uh, overall, I agree with your strategy. Now, if you want to talk about who I think is going to win the AL MVP award, I think it's going to be a Rosarena, even though he played in about, I don't know, 90 playoff games last year, and he's still technically a rookie, which doesn't really make any sense for MLB purposes. But still, I got to go with the Rosarena because Wander Franco, as great as he's been, he would be the favorite to win the award if he played from day one, but he didn't. And I think that factors in. Now, you can talk about guys who have had great st uh, stretches in the rookie years when they get called up. But to go through the actual numbers here, a Rosarena 
has played in significantly more games, obviously, but to actually go through the number of games, it's a bit jarring because he has played in 126 games, or Rosarena has. And if you look at Wander Franco, he has played in 62. So I think the guy who's played half the games is going to win the award over the guy. No, I think a Rosarena is going to win the award. So I agree with you. Now, Harper, I think, is a pure narrative award. I think that if Tatis ends up missing the playoffs or even the wild card game, and Harper can will his team or quote unquote will his team because if the Phillies get in and he plays mediocre, I think he'll get the points for that anyway. Then I think Harper will win the award. So I agree with your assessment. I think a Rosarena minus 150 in itself is a gift. I agree with you. I don't think they're going to give it to a Garcia, either one. Nobody watches Texas play. No offense, but they're about what, 80 games under 500? Like he's not winning the award. And Luis Garcia is good, but Houston, once again, has Granky struggled lately. You still got Valdez. Garcia is what, the number three in that rotation, the number four in that rotation. So he's not really getting much publicity. Arozarena is the guy. They know him from the playoffs last year. They know how good he is. The media knows just how good he actually is. I think he's going to win the award. I think minus 150 is a gift. Uh, Moon off Bryce Harper. Is he blowing your skirt up? Are you going to uh, – because, I mean, like Scott just says, if uh, if Philly get over the line, then then Bryce Harper proves value as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that I, – I agree with what you're saying, that if that Harper and the Phillies get into the playoffs or win the division, I think that's going to be hard to kind of overlook from the betters. I mean, he's having a pretty good season statistically. And then, you know, Tatis has been really good, too. He got another home run tonight. So he's, I think he's getting close up there to 40 home runs on the season. And, you know, early on in the season, we talked about how Tatis is kind of that that electric player, that that flashy player, almost that guy that's turned to be the face of, you know, MLB uh, as one of the young and up-and-coming players. And, and, you know, we've him and Otani have been getting a lot of light in, in the media and then on the four letter network. Right. So, and then kind of going back to what you're talking about with the AL rookie of the year, I agree with everything Scott said that he hasn't played that Wander Franco hasn't played enough games. He's only played 62 games. And I think that if he had close to maybe 20 home runs, the way that Jordan Alvarez did when he came up for the Astros, where he was just on a toward pace of hitting home runs, then I think that we would have been a different conversation, but because a Rosarena, I think that narrative of what he did last year in the uh, playoffs is still kind of resonating into this season also because we're sitting here talking about that also, how great of an uh, offseason he had, or sorry, pl- playoff season he had. Um, I think that kind of carried over into the season. And I think the odds are kind of reflecting that where he's, what, a minus 170, minus 150 favorite. So um, uh, it almost seems like that whichever team's, are going to get into the playoffs, whether it's from the National League, the American League, for you know maybe the uh, MVP or or the Cy Young. I think those are where the awards are kind of kind of going to go. And so it's really correlated because you can either take the team, either you can bet on the player to win that award, or you can take that team to make the playoffs, whichever odds are better. And I think that's what you're kind of getting at, Malcolm. Which it's it's really correlated on 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 how you kind of gave your handicap handicap on both the AL Rookie of the Year and then NL MVP. So two things, actually, just one point there. If you had to choose between Harper and MVP or Phillies make the playoffs, do yourself a favor, take the Phillies to make the playoffs. Because yeah, if Harper odds. ends up if if Harper ends up struggling and the Phillies find a way to get in anyway, then Harper could still lose the award and they can still get into the playoffs. So I would go with the Phillies to make the playoffs if I had to choose between the two. Having said that, I know that Munaf just mentioned that the odds reflect AL Rookie of the Year with Rosarena being minus 150. Do they? Because I feel like he should be closer to minus 300. I just don't see how he's going to lose this award. 
that you go yeah, strong. Yeah, but then you also kind of look at maybe, you know, there's only one more guy that's right behind him at plus 250, and then everybody else is, what, more than 10 to 1? So, I know, I know it, that, but Arosa Reina's on the best team in the American League. Yeah. He's had a good season all year long. The odds seem to be kind of either staying still or kind of dropping a little bit because of the Wander Franco hype, but we both think he hasn't played enough games, and yeah. the voters will hold it against him. So if you don't think Luis Garcia is going to win the award, has, doesn't have a real shot unless he goes absolutely nuts over the last three weeks, then shouldn't the Rosarena be about minus 300 because we can't think of anyone else who's going to win the award? And then, then we should be making the biggest bet of our life on that minus 170 or minus 150 then, right? I'm saying 150 doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think that should be closer I to two, yeah. 250. I don't, I don't get that. It but. almost seems like there's value on that minus 150 then because if we're uh, talking about that, he should be up to minus 200, minus 300 and, and what he's been able to do and him being on the best team in the American League. You're right. These odds should probably be at minus 300. And if we're getting a discounted price at that minus 150, we should be putting a probably a significant bet down on that uh, uh, American League Rookie of the Year. In terms of all the other awards we talked about, I know that there's no real locks in a two-horse race, but if Rosarena's in a race and we're not sure if there's one horse in the race or if there's more than one, but we both think he's clearly going to win, I think 150 is a gift. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's, my, be, that's my think, thoughts on that. Yeah. So I think uh, you need to unload the bank account on that, uh, uh, Malcolm. Okay. Uh, unless you, unless uh, you have another point. Does Malcolm have a counterpoint? Because I think Munaf no. and I just see it the same way. Uh, no, I'm happy. If you two are happy, that's good enough for me. Uh, I'm pleased we've uh, we've landed on that and very firmly as well. Um, it is very nearly, gents, time to make our picks for the weekend. Uh, just before that, then, Munaf, um, what weekend series uh, stood out when you had a little glance over the card for the weekend? Yeah, and you guys can chime in on this also, but obviously the obvious ones were what the one with the playoff implications. You have the Phillies uh, taking on the Mets and then the Braves and the Giants getting together and then the Padres and the Cardinals. I think those are the three that, you know, have the division and playoff implications, both in the American, oh, sorry, the National League um, wild card and then the NL West uh, for the uh, Giants who are losing right now for nothing. So, um, and again, a, a big series for the Mets, all, sorry, the Braves also, because they are kind of holding on to that lead in the uh, National League uh, East Division. So I think that's going to be a series that we definitely want to keep our eye on. And then uh, how we talked about the Cardinals earlier that have snuck their way back into that National League wild card. Padres aren't laying down, man. I mean, they're right in the thick of things for that wild card also. So these are going to be a couple of fun series. And then again, Phillies and the Mets, you know, I'll be keeping my eye on that uh, also because the Phillies, are you know trying to claw their way back into the division, and then also trying to make the uh, uh, get a wild card spot, also. So those are the three that I kind of highlighted. Did you guys see anything else that kind of stood out? I uh, just looking at that Padres Cardinals series, um, and I didn't actually make it a pick um, to fade you, Darvish, um, who um, goes against Adam Wainwright. I think on Saturday night, but you, Darvish, is just absolutely falling off a cliff. Yeah. Um, so I would have no problem at all taking the Cardinals. Uh, what should be a decent price there? Uh, that's on Saturday evening, so I'm just throwing that one out there. Uh, Scott, anything to catch your eye for the weekend? Uh, when it comes to entertainment, I got to look at the Phillies and Mets because anytime the two NL East, uh, two teams in the NL East get together, you can expect the unexpected. I'm expecting both teams to blow leads. You're going to see crazy games, and I think that'll be entertaining. However, since this is a gambling podcast, I'm looking at the Red Sox against the Orioles because the Red Sox need to win every game by yeah. a pretty decent margin because I think we had agree after the two big wins against Seattle over the last few days, they should bury this team. I mean, Baltimore's losing should. again. 
they as I, the keyword should. But the <laughs> point is, if you're looking at some run lines or alternative run lines and you think Boston absolutely hammers this team like they did the last time Baltimore came to Fenway, yeah. you might make a pretty penny just slamming Boston for the entire weekend. Yeah, I think this is uh, yeah. kind of the stack. Sorry, uh, Malcolm, that I was talking about when I bet the Giants last week against the uh, Cubs. Was it that you take a look at it there? Their run line, the minus two and a half, and taking their team total also over. So I think that's a great point that Scott brings up because this team has just been giving up so many runs, have the Orioles. I mean, we saw it against the Blue Jays. We talked about it on the last podcast. Gave up 28 runs in the span of, what, four innings there? So, And the Boston Bats are hot right now. And, uh, you know, we saw that over the series against the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, some of them came against uh, in the extra innings, but being back home in Fenway Park, uh, they should be playing wall ball with uh, the monster out there. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? The folks at Odds Crowd are challenging you to prove it this football season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. Each week of the season, there's a $350 NFL contest and a $250 book contest. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest... Track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit, you win. Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. It's free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. Download the app for free. Go to oddscrowd.com today. Okay, gents. Uh, now is the time then. So we're going to have six live picks now. Um, I feel good about mine, which is unusual. Uh, I'm normally quite pessimistic. I expect something terrible. Uh, but the more I looked at these, uh, particularly my lock, I was absolutely delighted. Um, who wants to lead off? Come on, someone uh, confidently give us the I'll, uh, I'll first winner, Scott. Do it. I'll do you, it. Scott could be our trade turner for the day. Cool. I'll lead off. So it kind of segues perfectly into what I just talked about for the weekend series and which one interests me. I'm hoping it's a terrible series, but I hope Boston kills this team. I'm taking Boston team total over on Saturday. Now I'm not sure what the team total is. If I had to guess probably six and a half, if I had to guess just based on how bad Baltimore's pitching and how you're not going to really see a team total ever at seven and a half, unless you're in course field. So I'm going to assume it's six and a half, but for Saturday, the Orioles have allowed at least seven runs in four of their last five games. You have Lothar pitching for Baltimore. You might be wondering who, who? exactly he's made one appearance against Boston this season, two in the third innings, 27 ERA. Now Boston has scored at least eight runs in each of their last two games. And Lothar has pitched less than three innings in five of his first six outings this season, which means you got the beautiful Baltimore bullpen coming in because this bullpen has a 5.72 ERA, which is the highest in the league. I think Lothar gets shelled, probably goes three innings. And Boston, we saw them win 15-1 to at some point against this team, 22-8 to earlier in the year. If Lothar's bad and the bullpen has to come in, which has been awful lately, Boston should score at least nine runs in this game. Excellent. That's perfectly reasonable uh, selection, Scott. Yeah, and I think um, I think I'll be following you into that. Um, did you pick us a dog? Uh, yes, I did. For the dog, I'm looking at Saturday once again, and I'm kind of piggybacking off something that Malcolm mentioned earlier. I like the Tigers on Saturday, and I'm looking at the first five against the Rays. The Tigers have won five of the last six. They've been playing good baseball. And you look at Scooball on the mound for Detroit. Last three road starts, he's been really good. 
14 innings pitched, four earned runs. Meanwhile, you have Patino on the mound for Tampa Bay, who's been pretty streaky in the last two starts, have not been too good. Seven innings pitched, 7.71 ERA. Plus, Tampa Bay, we know the team's very good. However, really struggled against left-handed pitching this season. Tampa Bay ranks 20th in the league in OPS against lefties. I don't want to back the bullpens because Detroit's bullpen is definitely worse than Tampa Bay's, but I think Tampa Bay is going to struggle a bit with Patino on the mound, and I think Detroit has a lead after five. Detroit have very much been uh, podcast darlings this season. Yep. Um, we've taken them. Uh, it sounds like it seems like every every fortnight, moon off, we've managed to to get one of those um, Tigers pitchers on the mound as a dog. Uh, so yeah, Scott's following us up. So good luck with those, Scott. Uh, Moonaf, what did you get? Yeah, so uh, I had the Friday Angels money line with Otani on the mound, but now we got the news that. He's not going to be pitching and probably be shut down, at least pitching-wise, for the rest of the season. So we'll scratch that. But um, I'll probably dig up another play and I'll drop it in the Slack channel or on my Twitter. But um, I'm going to that Phillies game uh, on Saturday uh, versus the Mets. Zach uh, Wheeler versus uh, Walker for the Mets. Um, It'll be interesting where I kind of see this line and I kind of get – your guys' thoughts if you think guys Wheeler will be favor or Walker will be a, a favorite at home. But um, I kind of like the spot for the Phillies, man. Wheeler is probably the Phillies' best pitcher. If not, he is the best pitcher. Big series for the Phillies, like I said. And if they want to win the division or make a run for the wild card, I think this this is a big series for them. Uh, Wheeler, 6-4 and four with a 3.52 ERA on the road. He has started already four games against the Mets this season. Two and one in those uh, four games with a 2.15 ERA against the Mets. 29 and one-thirds inning pitch. He's allowed 23 hits and only allowed seven earned runs in that span. 31 strikeouts, only five walks in those 29 and a third inning. So uh, pretty good splits there for uh, Wheeler against the Mets. Mets are batting 217 against Wheeler in those four starts that he's faced the Mets in. Uh, meanwhile, for the Mets, they have Walker on the mound, who's kind of sputtering a bit over his last two starts. He's allowed 11 earned runs to the Yankees and the Nationals, and the Mets have lost eight of his last nine starts by Walker. So I'm taking the Phillies money line on Saturday. Um, kind of going to get your guys' thoughts if you think the Phillies will be a dog in this game or not. But either way, I'll be on the Phillies money line. I think it's uh, close. Scott, dog or not, yeah. I, I think whether they're a favorite or not, it's going to be somewhere either around minus 115 favorite or yeah. plus 105 dog. I think it's really anybody's guess. Then again, the Mets took money yesterday against the Cardinals for some reason, so people keep betting on the Mets. It's really a tough call. If I was making the line, I'd put the Phillies as favorites, but yeah. you always get a New York tax in there, so maybe that'll play a factor. But I like the play. Walker's been bad. I would probably look at the first five just because I want to fade Phillies. I want to avoid Phillies bullpen as much yeah. as possible. Yeah. But same idea. The Mets right now are a team that I still think are overvalued. And they've really – they beat the Yankees and they celebrated like they won the World Series on Sunday night and they forgot they had to play the rest of the season. Well, that was it looks their, like to me. That was their, their World Series was it for the Mets because they're not making the playoffs. So there you go. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they've cost me all season, the Mets. Um uh, my lock is going on Sunday night. Uh, I have shown development and growth, Moonaf. I have learned from you because I'm taking a first five under here. Uh, none go. of this money line bollocks that I <laughs> that I stick with. Um, uh, Sunday night, I got the Chicago White Sox against the Texas Rangers, which is Lance Lynn going up against Taylor Hearn. Um, 
Lancelin is 10 and 4 uh, with a 2.5 ERA. He's just had a couple of weeks out. Um, it was probably even just the minimum 10 days on the aisle. Um, but he returned um, with five scoreless against the Red Sox uh, last time out. Uh, Taylor Hearn, um, 6 and 4 for Texas. Um, any Texas pitcher with a winning record had a remarkable season, frankly. He's got a 3.99 ERA. He's been quietly impressive because. Texas haven't been good. Uh, he joined the rotation on June 25. Um, he's never given up more than three runs in the start. He's been getting stretched out longer as well. He was initially going three, four innings. I think he had a seven-inning start quite recently. Um, he can give up some homers. He's quite homer-prone, um, but doesn't allow many base runners. So he can give up a couple of solo shots. Um, so I'm going to happily take the under here. Um, White Sox versus Rangers on Sunday night. Under on the first five. Um, my dog, and this might be a big one. Um, I haven't backed the di- uh, Diamondbacks for a few weeks, Moon. Uh, people have wondered where my blind support of them has come from. Uh, so I'm going to take Zach Gallen uh, against Zach Grenke. Uh, we're having a Zach off, and that's on Sunday night as well. Um, Zach Gallen, I like his hair, I like his glasses. So they're two positives. Um, he's 2 and 10 with a 4.44 ERA. Um, he's been inconsistent without being terrible. Um, he can throw in some decent starts as evidenced by going scoreless uh, back-to-back against Philly and Colorado in August. Um, last time out, he gave up three in the first innings against the Dodgers, followed that up with four scoreless frames as well. Um, he's 0-7 at home, but he's actually 2-3 and three on the road. Uh, so I think we've we've talked the last couple of weeks, is you just want someone to keep you in the game uh, this uh, this time of the season uh, when the dogs are barking. I think Zach Gallen can keep us in the game. Um, and Fading Grenke, who... On the evidence of his last two starts, uh, both against Texas, um, one was pre-COVID, um, gave up six earned in four innings pitched, then had a little COVID stint, and then came back and gave up seven earned in five innings pitched. Uh, now, we've seen people just struggle to uh, to recover um, from COVID. So, um, I'm not trying to be big or clever by playing a COVID fade here. Uh, but there just might be some lingering effects because we've seen athletes struggle a little bit. Um, and obviously, Granky was struggling pre and post. Uh, and like I say, I think Zach Gallen can keep us in the game. Um, and this will be a gigantic price. So uh, we're hitching our wagon to a star, uh, this one. But um, to recap, uh, Lancelin against Taylor Hearn. Sunday night will be under on the first five and then we'll take Zach Gallen and the Diamondbacks to turn over uh, the Houston Astros on Sunday. Uh, Gents, any strong opinions on that silliness? Yeah, I think the one for the Astros, I think they always find a way to lose one of those games against a lesser opponent in in a three or four game series that they're always playing. Um, So I think, you know, fading Zach Grinke, you know, you know, with the whole COVID situation, I think, uh, Scott can allude to this is that even in the NBA, when you had guys coming back from COVID, they took a little while for them to kind of get their wind back and, and get their legs back under them. So you know, maybe you're onto something with Zach Grinke. Uh, he has faded a little bit in over his last couple starts and you no know, Arizona's a frisky bunch, man. They're not really laying down. They can steal a game or two from you. So uh, I don't hate that pick either. And, you know, I think, and when we talk about first five, we're kind of really trying to protect ourselves from uh, the bullpens, really blowing it up. And I, I really like that, you know, that you took the angle of the first five because at a point we can't really trust the Rangers, uh, Rangers bullpen. So, um, you know, I, I liked your handicap there. Yeah. With regards to the great, to the uh, Granky fade, I d- agree with that. I think there's going to be a good price on Arizona. Once again, 
Arizona's bullpen terrifies me. So I'm looking at potential first five personally, if I was going to play that as for everything else, I also like Zach Allen's hair and glasses with that. I pass. Yay. There you go. See, this is what we're here for. Top class handicapping uh, on it's a guess who. Um, Right, boys. I think that's got us to the end of the show, Scott. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, What does the rest of your weekend look like? We're we're a couple of hours away from what looks like an ugly looking NFL match between uh, the football team and the Giants. Is it NFL for you all the way now? um, Are you doing any SGP stuff we need to be aware of? I actually am. I'm going to be on the Fantasy Football Podcast tonight. Ooh. I might actually be hosting it, so I'll be busy tonight. Other than that, a uh, couple articles here and there for Fantasy Football. Still doing my rankings every week, so stay tuned for those. But other than that, a lot of editing, and I'm actually headed to Vegas next week. So there I know Munaf oh. was actually just there. Uh, maybe he can give me some pointers. I've been there before, but looking forward to it. I'm actually going to be going to the UFC event. Uh, nice. between Ortega and Volkanovski. So I'm looking forward to that title fight and hopefully it'll be fun. You boys are absolutely killing me with these Vegas trips. I've just had to put up with Moonaf coming back. I've been sitting here <laughs> green with envy. Uh, and now you're off next week, Scott. Uh, Moonaf, how's your weekend going? Uh, what, what's happening for you? Yeah, now what's going on? I mean, the usual, we have NFL week two um, gearing up for NBA actually starting. It's crazy. We're about 30 to 35 days away from that, but you know, we'll be watching football. We'll be uh, keeping an eye on, on these uh, MLB games. But uh, I know we're starting up writing some uh, season previews like we did for the NFL for the NBA. So I think that starts, I believe, over the weekend. So look out for those articles and, uh, you know, just grinding away. Uh, it, it's sports time, man. I think we're we're, uh, we're getting to the end of the MLB season here and uh, getting ready for NBA. So uh, look out for all the content coming on sportsgamblingpodcast.com for NBA stuff and then continued, like Scott said, with fantasy stuff and player props for the NFL and all that good stuff. Yeah, there's not enough hours in the day. Um, I'll be doing some horse racing uh, for the SGP. Uh, that'll be coming out on Saturday or maybe tomorrow uh, for the for the big card on Saturday night. Uh, so we'll pick some ponies. Uh, my ponies have been going really well, actually. Um, the live EPL game tomorrow night, Moonaf, is Newcastle oh, yes. versus Leeds. Uh, so Back leads, it's uh, it's like finding money in the street. Honestly, <laughs> fill your boots. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Uh, so at least I can get that out the way on a Friday night, and then I have got the rest of the weekend to be less miserable. Um, and actually, we've got a triple A game. We haven't had any Newcastle Nighthawks chat for a couple of weeks, Moon. Oh yeah, what's going um, on? Because the the season got COVIDed off. Um, but we've got a game on Saturday. Uh, single A, sorry. Uh, we've got a game against some a team called the Rugby Warhammers, which is a great name. Uh, so on Sunday night, Moonaf, I'll be able to tell you whether the over or under five and a half errors at shortstop for me <laughs> uh, came in in that one. So uh, that's where the smart money is. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, as usual, you can find us in the normal places. Um, we do need some more reviews. Get reviewing. Uh, just leave us a little five-star review with a bit of chat seeing how great we all are. Um, Fantasy football, as Scott just mentioned, all sorts of good stuff going on there. Uh, cheat sheets and the uh, what the flowchart, the DFS flowchart, man. Uh, one of the great, one of the great hours of the week when the DFS flowchart comes out. Uh, so keep across all the platforms because there is all sorts of stuff going on. Um, I appreciate you two boys joining me. It's been fun. Um, we didn't mention the giant spider that went past me. I did take a photo and send it to Moonaf. Um, so I was very professional uh, and managed to sit still through that. Um, Thank you, boys. Enjoy your weekend of sport. Uh, Good luck with all your bets. We'll see you down the road. Cheers. Bye.